seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless soul, with Aaron and Rogan world. It's a hopeless soul, with Aaron and Rogan world. Well, here we are, episode 25. I'm going to call it the Mark McGuire episode because this episode is on steroids. He was number 25 as a kid. He was the man. Uh, So Mark McGuire episode. And today's theme is going to be tackling. We're going to talk about nature, but in ways you would least expect it and with some surprises. So we're going to tackle nature, the concept of nature. But again, not in a way you would, in ways you would think. Um, well, and while we may be addressing, you know, the, the current California fires, this is also going to go, you know, towards just, uh, you know, some, uh, some natural places that might bring scary uh, sort of outcomes or even just things that we um, have been doing all along that might not have been so helpful to the environment. We're going to touch a lot of different things today. Including Taco Bell. Taco Bell, baseball, basketball, um, something from, uh, you know, our commander in chief and more. Yes. So let's, why don't we, uh, we start with the news from the quarantine. It's been a crazy week. News from the quarantine. And I, uh, Roy, I, I noticed you have a background today of the La Brea Tar Pits. May I ask why? Well, for a couple of reasons. One is that I was finally, for all the birther listeners out there, I was finally revealing my birthplace. Um, <laughs> this is where, from where I descend. Okay, which always explains why I'm covered in sludge and um, have you sharp can be teeth. President. Yeah, and I can be president uh, with my sharp teeth and just all the attacks I'm committing. And the second reason, which is far <laughs> less significant for my background, but you know, just but it is still important, is actually Aaron. I know somebody's uh, new movie trailer that went on an Apple uh, on Apple uh, trailers today. It's so true. Uh, our movie Tar, which everyone should go see, it's going to be in drive-ins and some theaters, depending on COVID stuff, on uh, on October second, and then on demand at your home on October twentieth. And the trailer's been released. It's on Apple trailers and also on every other site. So check out the Tar trailer if you just look up. Tar movie trailer, I think, or go on the front page of Apple. Um, and uh, row it. I'll, I'll just ask you, uh, did you get a chance to see the trailer? Oh, I did. I did. And first of all, I just point out that on uh, Apple trailers, it is on the very top row and it's right in the middle. So uh, that's some that's some prime positioning there, my friend. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Pri- yeah. Prime positioning. We're uh, bo- uh, yeah, just below the Apple movies, I think. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's pretty good. Um, and so, yeah, I, I watched the trailer, man. Um, and to be honest, I haven't watched a good sort of slasher pulp horror in so long. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm literally, I'm not even just saying this as your friend. I'm stoked to be able to just like immerse in that genre, immerse in just like some good old classic sort of cinema that just sort of takes you away, takes you to a place that is just, um, there's screams, there's mystery, there's all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I'm definitely, I'm definitely excited about that. And also I just love 
monsters and legends and I'm, i do watch a lot of horror um so this is yeah this is something that uh i'm stoked for and uh thanks dude yeah, you, yeah and the you lead actor it. yeah and the lead actor you know he's not so bad either yeah he's, he's kind of a tool um <laughs> no i'm in the movie along with a lot of a couple oscar nominees and stuff so it's uh very exciting and you nailed it the goal of the movie is to bring back the movies that i loved in like the 90s and stuff that are, were horror or thriller but fun and you you had a whole world a new world to learn about um i think of like arachnophobia or tremors or um even jaws that kind of like just movies that brought fun to horror or thriller and make gave you a new world so um uh yeah so can't wait for everyone to see that and uh also i guess should we move on from uh from tar yeah to- sure sure but everybody go watch it, the trailer. Everyone go watch the trailer. Let me know what you think. Tweet at me and stuff. Tweet at Rohit if you if you don't like it and tell him what you <laughs> think. Uh, the the other thing I think we, we, news from the quarantine that we have to acknowledge is to uh, this is the week the of the anniversary of 9/11. The 19 years since 9/11, and uh, you know we always uh, think of everyone we lost and the, the terror of that. And uh, a, an interesting thing from that is I'm right now not supposed to put up tweets about politics because a movie coming out, so I'm not doing that now. Uh, but then I did anyway, like I couldn't help it. Um, I'll talk more about that later. But one I put up was just of President Bush throwing out the first pitch for the Yankee game after 9-11. And that moment, you know, look, look, I don't agree with a lot of the things he did, but that moment was great. It also reminded me like, oh, yeah, this is what a leader who unites does, even if he wasn't super popular. Um, and so it just was a great moment. And then immediately I put it up and some people started shitting on me. Mm-hmm. So uh, but the whole idea is, look, it's OK to be united in, in good moments in time or, or patriotic moments where it feels like we're honoring something based on some tragedy. And so there, there's the hope in that is that I, I love watching that moment when he threw out that first pitch and he's a yeah. good pitcher. He threw a strike. Yeah. I mean, and the dude grew up around baseball, you know, his family had an ownership stake in the Texas Rangers and he loves the like, game. He's a oh, ardent yeah. fan. Yeah. I think he played in college too, maybe, um, or, you know, at least sort of did. I don't know. But the, but what I love about that moment is it was pretty symbolic because it was, like I would rather be at, you know, I'd rather the country be in a place where it's more unified and we're still every people, you know, if people are upset, at least you're working together to solve problems versus people that are dividing and creating yep. an us versus them, you know, like, and, and where everybody is either, you know, can only be bucketed into the furthest possible extreme and there's no gray area. I think what that pitch uh, did and what that moment did was like, it goes to show that like you can put, you know, everything that everything aside and just come together, even if just for one pitch. And yeah, that's a great point. Even just for one pitch. Yeah, And it's important. And, you know, and like what was also really symbolic that year, that, that year, you know, the Yankees and the Mets played each other in the world series. Um, Wait, was it that year? No, it was the year before. The year before. Oh, right, right. So, um, yeah, let's delete that. It was almost symbolic. It was almost symbolic. Shit. Yeah, I'm getting old, man. I'm getting <laughs> real old. Well, um, speaking of speaking of old, 
Bob Woodward, just the one last news from the quarantine. We're not going to dive into this too much, even though we might later. But uh, Bob Woodward, who uh, uncovered the uh, Nixon-Watergate scandal with his uh, partner, Carl Bernstein, for those who don't know, Bob Woodward's probably one of the most famous uh, reporters ever. And he did it again. He got tapes of Trump saying all these ridiculous, I mean, amazing, insane things. And I think that's just news from the quarantine. I don't even think it's a topic. It's just like, I can't believe we have tapes of him saying he hid the pandemic from the public, basically for his own good. Uh, And he actually said it and it's on tape. And to me at this point, if you support that guy who now it's on tape that he killed, like he's responsible for the deaths and the chaos and the of all the mess that we have in our country and why we're the worst. And it's on tape him saying that he did it back in January. Like good on you. And yeah. I don't, I don't have any words. I don't know about you, but that was just like, it's, it's over to me. It's like, there's no conversation. Yeah. So Aaron, you know what? I think the craziest part about fake news is and the whole dawn of fake news is that I feel like it's, it's super easy to read something that isn't real, but it's also just as easy to claim that something which is real is fake and is fake news. So even though this is, I guess, you know, gotcha number 11352, um, it, I don't know if it makes a difference because the people that choose to believe um, and support are going to be the people that continue to choose to believe and support. And I, I feel like it's almost infallible. And that 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 is it's it's sad and it's scary. It it is. And uh the only the hope I have with it, um as we move into topic one, is that at least for those who think in some like we always talk about the logic party and have the logic party going and um, you should follow it if you're not, because it's all about bringing this concept together, just logic. Well, we have the most logical thing yet right now, which is the guy admitted that he screwed us. And so, uh, yeah, so for anyone who thinks remotely logically, even if you don't think that logically, here's the, like it's handed you on a on a platter. So I at least like that there's there's no question anymore. It just is. Or as he says, it is what it is. So, uh, I mean, I think everyone knows that my guess is all our listeners are incredible because they're incredibly intelligent and know that. And, uh, I feel for anyone who doesn't, I, I don't have any words for them anymore. Um, except Godspeed. So, uh, yeah. and with you know that, and just, like, just try and open your mind, you know, just try, why would everybody be lying? You know, and maybe sometimes people are lying, you know, it's not like there's one side of truth and one side of lies. There's lies that happen a lot everywhere. But you have to understand if if lies are happening everywhere, they're happening at home and you have to be ready to embrace that. And there's no truth party, and no lie party. uh, Nope. And the and if you if you believe wholeheartedly in Trump, listen to his words. We hear them now. He said it. There you go. Um, So with that, speaking of Trump, uh, Roy, your first topic talks, you know, it's it's all about nature and uh and Trump. Yeah. Because and, it's and about the impacts gender. of human nature. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. um, 
So I think the big topic this week, which I'm really glad it was finally a topic because this is like right next to astrology is one of my most hated things in the world. <laughs> and by the way, for anybody listening that believes in astrology, astrology is fake. There is nothing that is real about it. The, when you are born does not have like the month you're born has no impact on your life. And if you say that, oh, I'm such a Taurus or I'm such a Gemini or whatever, I can find a serial killer that has the exact same birthday as you and say, okay, yeah, exactly. So is, I don't know, Charles Manson. <laughs> so you're just like Charles Manson. So stop. There's no such thing as horoscopes. But anyway, <laughs> on to gender reveals. Um, the other thing I absolutely despise. Um, yeah, there was one of the many fires, but one that has already burned over 13,000 acres ravaging uh, parts of California, um, which is the El Dorado fire, was caused by a gender reveal party where someone used a pyrotechnic in clearly in conditions that you can't even do forest fire or campfires right now. You cannot do that stuff. And they're just setting off pyrotechnics to announce the fact that their child has a penis or a vagina. Their unborn child. Like, who the fuck cares? And Aaron, I know sometimes I get fired up, but, you know, I'm generally a pretty, pretty even, even keel. But I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'd like to read you my manifesto on gender reveals that I posted this past weekend or no, four days ago. (laughs) Uh, One second. Let me introduce the manifesto. We now have Rohit's manifesto on gender reveals. Rohit. Begin. And while we're on the topic of gender reveals, no one needs to throw a party with friends to announce if their unborn child is going to urinate and eventually procreate out of a penis or a (laughs) vagina. It's peak narcissism (laughs) and a fake occasion meant to drum up likes in the Facebook era. Not even Instagram is pathetic enough for those parties to hit my feed, which is saying something. Also, technically, it's a sex reveal, since we're talking biology here and gender exists on a spectrum that is wider than boy or girl. So even the name of the stupid party is inaccurate. If you like gender reveals, you should feel bad about yourself. No cap. Um, <laughs> and, you know, for the fact that it's, it's, it's a sex reveal or like a, 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 a sexual organ reveal, like, a, like why? Who fucking cares? And here's what the answer is. No matter what, the parents are like, I'm happy either way. Have you ever seen a gender reveal, one of these stupid videos where he's like, oh man, I'm getting a girl or oh, I'm getting a boy. Like nobody, you're going to celebrate anyway. You're, you're going to celebrate anyway. One, two, it's tradition that's never existed. Three, nobody cares. Okay. Four, it's stupid again. Like why? And five, it causes fucking half of California to burn down. Like I feel I'm generally in freedom <laughs> right. of expression. Can I People give should you, go to prison you for having gender reveal parties. Yes. Give me hope. Okay, there's two pieces of hope. The first one is that was really, really funny. (laughs) Like your manifesto, because like if there's one thing of the carnage and terror of this fire, uh, if there's one good thing that's come out of it, it's that manifesto. So look, the fire's terrible, but that manifesto is worth it. No, it's not worth it, but it's worth it. Uh, And second, I am going, I agree with you. I think that in general, they're stupid. And in general, a lot of the fuss about the baby coming and stuff gets, it's just like, 
annoying <laughs> and most people don't i mean i don't ever want to go to those events and stuff personally but uh there's one time when it was awesome for me that i went to one that was amazing okay. and it was bobby who we both know i won't i won't say any last names or anything it was bobby who we both know i'm friends with uh and bobby had a gender reveal with his uh girlfriend and they were having a baby now they also just throw really fun parties so that's also like an aside. So this wasn't like a gender reveal. This was like a fun party that happened to also have that. Uh, so they had a pinata outside. And Bobby had to go hit the pinata. And the so he kept hitting it. And then the color would be blue or pink. And he mm -hmm. hit it a bunch of times. And then it was purple. So <laughs> he like everyone's waiting. And then he goes like, What? and he was just like like his heart was racing and then it was like it was there was no reveal because then they brought out a second pinata because that was the trick pinata for him to do it again another thing about bobby is he really wanted a boy uh -huh. so he hits the, the second one after this juke and it comes out pink and he <laughs> lies on the ground severely disappointed <laughs> <laughs> And I have it all on video. It was amazing. Like, he was so upset. <laughs> and then he got himself to be happy. And now they have a beautiful daughter and he loves her. But it was just like, it was like what every react, it should be. Like, it was like, basically, it was the last gender apart party, reveal party that ever needed to happen because it was exactly what should happen in a gender reveal party. Disappointment, shock screwing with people, neglect, and then lots and lots of drinking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. I actually, I take it back. That is just one that it seems, okay, that's funny. Um, cause it was almost the most ironic gender reveal. Um, that's really good. That's really yeah. good. Yeah. It was a double, it was a double negative for him. Yeah. First. Wow. Purple. And then pink and then he was honest with his reaction and then he had to like pep himself up because he has like 40 people looking at him disappointed <laughs> and, he, and he didn't start a forest and I, fire I, you know i can't and he didn't start a forest fire so uh i hope that gives you hope it, it actually honestly yes it does I'm, I'm glad that there is somebody that's real um with with that yes that's great thank you for that all right so uh so back Back to more nature. That was about human nature and forest nature. Um, and uh, speaking of the fires, I drove because my, my folks live close to one of the other fires. And I actually drove out to check because they're not here to check how close the house and what the proximity was. So I drove right up to the fires, the closest I could get. And it's freaking crazy. Like when you get close to these fires, it's like, whoa, they just like the, the flames are giant. They go, you know, many feet in the air and just. It's crazy. It's just crazy to see them in person. Was so, it by uh, Angela's Crest that you were going? It was by uh, like out by Monrovia. Monrovia. Okay. Yeah. 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 That, so that the Angela's Crest one, yeah. not the one you're talking about. So no, 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 um, no, that's different. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw uh, that one real close, just checking Shit, to monitor it, and uh, yeah, their house is seems like it's fine. But the yeah, crazy to see them in person. Speaking of in person. Yes. I'm pissed. I am pissed. Talk so, to me. Taco Bell, my whole life, has been a very important place. It's been a place I've loved. I've cherished. I used to ride my bike as a kid 
save my allowance money, ride up to La Cañada from Glendale to get the Mexican pizza. It was a number four. I'd get a number four Mexican pizza, two Taco Supremes, and a Mountain Dew. That was my order every single time. I love that order, the Mexican pizza. If you've never had it or heard of it, it is really, really delicious. Um, you can get it with chicken or beef and or ve- vegetarian. Uh, I, as a kid, I got it with beef. Now I would get it with I get it with chicken and then get sick, but I love it. And I have Crohn's disease, so I get immediately sick. But every so often, I get it anyway, just because it's so good. And Taco Bell, damn them, screw them. They want to get rid of the Mexican pizza on November first, and I am pissed. And so I looked into this. I looked into this because I'm like, this is an outrage, and I posted it, and it was a political post against Taco Bell because I hate that they would get rid of the Mexican pizza. This is a this is a legacy piece of food. This is something that people cherish. And I realize that I am not alone. I'm not alone. On change.org, there is a petition to sign, which I've signed, and I've asked everyone to sign, and I put it on my Twitter for everyone to sign, to save the Mexican pizza. Because people like myself and others and people far and wide love the Mexican pizza. It especially means a lot, the Mexican pizza, to actually Asian Americans who for some reason, which I don't remember, love the Mexican pizza. (laughs) So they signed it a lot. So God bless you Asian Americans who signed the petition to and God bless you for being like this Jewish American who loves the Mexican pizza and Rohit I need hope because if they get rid of the Mexican pizza I feel like I'll be losing a piece of my soul so Aaron can you confirm something for me so yes is it now not true the Taco Bell not only it's apparent that they hate Italians but that they hate Asian people and Jews and Jews. So this this is something that I can't stand for. And you know, while I may not have ever actually tried the Mexican pizza, I am an ally of you and of, of Mexican pizza lovers. So I will sign that petition. And I'll tell you what, um, I think Ina might be having dinner with her, with one of her girlfriends tonight. Um, and I was just planning on, I don't know, I didn't even have, know what my dinner plans were going to be. But if she is not eating dinner at home, um, I may go and just get a Mexican pizza if it's still on the menu out of solidarity. Um, yes. To drive sales. And that's what I will do for you. That gives me hope. And I hope all our listeners follow Rohit's lead. I'm also going to purposely get sick a number of times until it goes away <laughs> and get the Mexican pizza multiple times, including with beef, which I haven't had since I was a kid. Because I can't. I'm not supposed to have it. I will get sick. But I. But this is... Go to change.org. Follow Rohit's lead. Get the Mexican pizza. It's change.org. I think backslash Mexican pizza is the, okay. uh, is the petition. And, and you can write, we love our Mexican pizza. We, we don't want to kill a cherished... I mean, this thing should be in like the Smithsonian Museum. It is a beautiful piece of work that Taco Bell puts together in the, in the form of food. 
I mean, this talk about Mexican pizza sounds like an American tradition. So, you know, I think that's <laughs> something is. that we need to, we need to hold on to. We need to hold on to our traditions in some places because that's where we come from. You know, it's okay yes. to, to, to sort of move forward in the world. And, you know, not all traditions are great traditions, but when you have great traditions that are about equality and about globalness, it's about bringing, you know, Jewish people, Mexican people, um, Italian people and Asian Americans all together. Then that's, I mean, who would, who would want to get rid of a food? That's a great unifier, but I have another question for you. Um, yes. So if how many, like, all right, my usual order is when I go to Taco Bell, I get, uh, I get a chalupa. I get three mm. crunchy tacos. I get a potato mm. taco. Um, and then I'll just get like, like those are usually like five things. How many things is it equivalent to? So I can order in the right amount. It's probably the equivalent to two things. Okay. So two crunchy tacos or a crunchy taco and a chalupa. Yeah. I'd say a crunchy taco and a chalupa and a Mexican pizza. Cause the, the number four is two taco Supremes. And the Mexican pizza, which you're stuffed oh, at the end. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Oh, then I'll still get a potato on top of that. And I usually yeah, why not? do, and I usually do three fire sauces per item. Um, but since this one's bigger, I might do six. Um, and then Andy, uh, you just brought up nature. What's great about the Mexican pizza is that it involves so many different. T- as you'll see, so many different types of nature and produce, and uh, and so it actually employs lots of lots more people than in farms and such than other Taco Bell items, which is why they want to get rid of it because it's harder to make like anything's that hard to make at Taco Bell. So it's again, nature. So please, I, I next week, I really want to hear your review of the Mexican pizza and, uh, I'll probably be in the hospital from eating it, but we'll do this podcast remotely from the hospital. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you for, thank you for giving me hope, Rohit. I'm here Save for the you, Mexican Aaron. pizza. I am here for Thank you. Thank you. And uh, speaking of Mexican pizza, um, a little hopeless TV. Uh, love this segment. And this week, um, there was something hopeless that I saw on TV that I have to tell you, it led me to a, a thing I wanted to see on TV. So a hopeless to a thing. The hopelessness was after these Bob Woodward tapes came out, I ha- I really needed to go and watch both CNN and Fox News to see what both were saying because I knew mm-hmm. Fox News would somehow try to flip it and they did in the weirdest way possible by like, <laughs> saying it, basically saying it was a, uh, it's this um, big QAnon um, conspiracy that where Lindsey Graham all the whole time has been in on trying to get Trump to uh, be to have to resign. And so he's been setting it up the whole time because Lindsey Graham is the one who told Trump or when Trump asked him if he should do the interviews, Lindsey Graham said, sure, do them. And but they went into this whole conspiracy theory about it and it was super weird. And I watched about one minute of it. Um, with Tucker, uh, or can I call him Fucker Carlson? You can, this is a free damn country, my friend. So Fucker Carlson, who I just think is, uh, I mean, he has, again, one of those faces you just want to punch, which I'm going to get to. So, uh, yeah, I couldn't believe him. Like, dude, Trump wanted to do it because he wanted to be, he wanted Bob to be in the most famous journalist book. 
He was pissed that his last book, Trump wasn't in it and he wanted to do it. And he would call Bob Woodward all the time because he wanted to do it because he has an ego the size of uh, ever, the biggest and he wants to be in the the most famous journalist book. That's why. Um, then I went on uh, CNN and it was uh, Chris Cuomo, who's uh, Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York's brother, Mario Cuomo, former, his dad, former governor of New York. So uh, it's his son. So I went on him and he did a really cool thing where he looked directly at the TV as though he was talking to Trump and he was blasting him. And then he also said, and whatever they're saying right now on Fox News, because I know they have Trump on and I know they're making up fake stuff about this. Damn them. And I know I'm not supposed to be saying this about other news stations, but damn them for doing that. And I think he said the word bullshit too, which was awesome. And uh, it's bullshit and they're lying to you. They're lying to you and they're trying to kill you while they lie to you. They're literally killing you by giving you false information and they've led to deaths. And then I was feeling just hopeless. Cause I'm like, man, like, you know, what, what Chris Cuomo was saying was just the truth. Like it's what the tape said, he played him. And then what Fox News was saying was some random thing they thought up like after this came out because they're trying to fish and their listeners are gonna listen to it. So I felt super hopeless, dude. I was like, this is crazy. Like we were talking about earlier. And then I thought of an answer and I would pay a lot of money to watch this. I want to see fucker Carlson and Chris Cuomo battle it out in the octagon. That would be that, a great fight. That would probably get me to watch MMA. Me too. I would. Yeah, I think I've quit MMA. Um, it's just like, yeah. But uh, I would, I would not only watch that, I'd pay pay-per-view money. I'd have a... A party, I'd unsocially distance the party just because, like, screw it, we're watching the best thing ever. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, if we yeah. if we all die, at least we die watching this. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Does that give you hope from the hopelessness of the moment? Yeah, I mean, it helps. And I also, maybe maybe it's another chance, for, speaking of TV, to uh, bring back, like, Celebrity Deathmatch, if you, if you remember that. Oh yeah. Battle series where they'd put, you know, two well-known people up against each other and have just brutal, vicious, like blood mat, bloodthirst, blood sport matches rather. Um, and what a great first one then CNN versus Fox news, Tucker Carlson versus Chris Cuomo. Like it's, uh, I yeah, think I, mean, I know who would win. I think the internet is waiting for that return. That would be awesome. So I hope, does that give you hope? It does. It does. Aaron. Um, and, and, and you have so another, you have another hopeless TV element. I do. So I'm a huge Clipper fan. I've been a huge Clippers fan my entire life. I'm not one of those bandwagon ones that started when I was like five. Uh, it's been a hopeless journey of just depression. And we're on the brink. By the time this actually goes up, it might have happened. We are on the brink of doing something that we've never done before. The team has never done, uh, which is go to the Western Conference Championship final championship. Not the finals. Clippers have never gone to the finals. They've never even gone to the Western Conference Championships. And they never even had advanced past the first round until about seven years ago. Jeez. So um and they'd only been to the playoffs, I think, three times ever. So before seven years ago. So growing up, I mean being a Clipper fan was terrible, but I just hated the Lakers and so I was a Clipper fan when I was a kid. And it was all have always been. What I'm feeling hopeless about is 
I'm so used to them screwing up. Same with the Dodgers, but this is about the Clippers right now. I'm so used to them screwing up that I'm just waiting for them to somehow screw this up. And when I watch, I'm like with bated breath thinking, all right, they're definitely, they're still going to screw up. Something bad's going to happen. One of like Kawhi Leonard, who's the biggest star on the team is going to uh, like break the bubble and he's going to give them all the coronavirus. Um, like in Houston, the uh, one of the players on the Rockets had sex with the person who, with the doctor who gives the coronavirus tests. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's been banned from the bubble because he had like the, like talk about something you shouldn't do. Have sex with the woman who's giving you the coronavirus test. <laughs> yeah, you know, we were talking about this a couple months ago. I'm severely disappointed with with the lack of bubble gossip that's been coming out because it started. But then off we strong. just got a home. We got a home. Yeah. We got a home so run fine. right now. Yeah, finally, finally, like role player on the bench, you know, makes sweet love to the doctor. Now, who else yeah. is infected? All the it's it's amazing. Like that. That's. I mean, that's why people tune into the NBA, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, well, not this year, but yeah, which we're <laughs> going to get to. But uh, so so, do you feel hope in the Clippers uh, not screwing this up or having sleeping? No, with not yet. The not doctor? yet. I mean, no, I don't. I, th- I think that, that shit's not over until the game's over. Like, I, it, it's trust me as a Knicks fan. And as an oh, Orioles you're you're fan, totally hopeless. You're screwed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't understand the concept of hope. I mean, I've retained it with my New York Giants, um, but you know we've been pretty. Oh, bad you're, they're for, screwed. They're screwed too. Yeah. So the idea of hope with sports it just seems like a really foreign concept. So mm-hmm. I, I I don't. For me, it's I pretend my team's already out, even if they're still in it, and anything that happens that's positive is like. Is big. It's it's a bit to win. So, I don't get ahead of yourself. Okay. Just you know, just like I know this is really depressing, but trust me, from someone whose teams lose all the time and sometimes in brutal <laughs> fashion. Yeah. <laughs> just wait until the last the horn sounds at the end of forty eighth minute, and then go nuts. But until then, pretend it's tied and neck and neck. All right, and and the other thing is because by the way, none of my teams have really have actually won in in my life since I became a sports fan. None of them. I'm a Dodger fan, a Clipper fan, a Dolphins fan, Miami Dolphins, and a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. None of them have won. So Ooh. ever, I mean, in my like in my you know conscious life. So um, I uh. I'm so used to this. The other thing that makes me feel hopeless, but I'll just leave it out there because I don't want to to go further into this because it's just going to make me cry, is the team that the Clippers are almost definitely going to play in the Western Conference Finals, unless there's a miracle, is the Lakers. And if the Clippers lose to the Lakers, that's my worst nightmare. They finally get there, and then they lose to the stupid bandwagon, awful terrible buy your team Lakers with whiny LeBron. I love him off the field, but off the court, but on the court, man, that guy is so annoying. And uh, yeah. So just hold out hope until the buzzer. So I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what's going to come of that. Okay. Let's say they do play the Lakers. Okay. And let's just say they lose. Then yes, you have to deal with Lakers fans talking shit. 
Now, what happens is the Clippers win. And then even if the Clippers go on to win the NBA Finals, you know what you're going to get? You're still going to get shit-talking Laker fans. Yep. Because they'll be like, oh, count the rings. Count the rings. Yep. It's the same thing that yep. the fucking Yankee fans do. Like, you know, when they lost to the Red Sox um, or, you know, the rare times the Orioles win the playoffs and, like, you know, they, like, they, you know, the Orioles. 25 might, you know, rings. 25 yeah, rings. Tw- yeah, like 27 rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, fuck off. Stop living in the past, man. Um, so, yeah, be prepared for that. Um, it'll further drive your hatred of the Lakers. Um, oh, and it's, at a, it's at a 10 right now. Because they will, even if you beat them, they will not give you that win. Those fans nope. are going to be like, oh, it was luck. And, you know, we still got all those rings. And so what you need to do is just find creative ways if and when this comes. Um, in the same way that you uh, stood up for yourself with your signs in your balcony, I think we're going to find creative <laughs> ways to troll Lakers fans. Oh, Oh, I, I'm going. I let's see what happens. Cause oh yeah, yes. So, oh my god. Oh yeah. Uh, so all right, we'll, we'll we'll brainstorm on some of that. Um, all right, but so topic yeah. three. Yeah. Speaking so this of topic, the and uh, of nature and the Clippers. Yes, this topic is called donor nine six two three. Um, and Aaron, I don't believe that you are donor nine six two three. Correct? No. Okay. Last I well, checked. Good. Because if you were, you'd be in a lot of trouble right now. Because Uh-oh. donor 9623 is a name, the anonymous name of a sperm donor who, um, according <laughs> to records, had an IQ of 160, spoke four languages, and was pursuing a doctorate in neuroscience engineering and looked like Tom Cruise. <laughs> However. This guy's, aw- this guy's awesome. So this donor for the sperm bank, um, he, uh, his sperm has resulted in 36 children. But do you want to know what happened recently? I do, because this is funny already. Yeah. So apparently, donor 9623 wasn't who he said he was. He wasn't in graduate school. He never even finished college. And um, he pretty much lied. Um, And... It's essentially he's in legal trouble. He's been hospitalized for mental illness. He's been on disability, <laughs> was suicidal at one point, and he's even pled guilty for burglary. And all before the time he donated sperm. And the sperm bank he oh, no. donated to um, called Zytex, they didn't even know any of this. They didn't even verify any of it. They just like took anything. And then a whole lot of mothers um, took that sperm, paid for that sperm, and now there's 36 lawsuits of wrongful birth suing this donor for lying and now this is like wrongful birth yeah this is an insanely like fresh type of lawsuit i've never heard of a case like this so talk about a nature calamity yeah and it's like and it's like you you kind of have to wonder like you know because you you you, we like what what, like i mean what do you think is going through the mom's minds right now like the ones that are suing uh, <laughs> my kid doesn't look like Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like, Oh God. <laughs> or, yeah. you know, like, and, um, and so that right would be now, the thing. If I was the mom, what I'd think first, like, wait, he doesn't look like Tom Cruise. And, uh, and, and then I would second, I'd think like, wait, he's like six and he still doesn't talk. Where's the IQ. 
Yeah. And, and, and then I, can I think, see where... yeah. And then I think, I think, wait, why? Yeah. There, I, there'd be a lot of, I'd be like, where, what happened? Where's, where's the, where's my amazing, where's my perfect kid? <laughs> yeah. Why do he even eyeball by his ear? Um, <laughs> yep. But the it's it's really an interesting case and there's 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 you know this i read this on the atlantic and there's a, there's a lot of discussion about it on one side the mothers were sold a false bill of goods right they put it into their body they paid a lot of right. money they gave birth on the other hand um is it the is it the donor that's guilty or or that should be charged is it the sperm bank right that did not verify and just let a let, let some dude walk in crank it a few times um and then walk out um because they didn't verify anything are they at fault but i think what's being forgotten here is the children the children that are already born the children that are alive knowing it's less about knowing where they came from who cares if you're from a sperm bank but knowing that their parents are so disappointed <laughs> they are creating a lawsuit against a sperm Damn. donor dude that's got a hit different man and like what this also does they're talking about in the article how this actually creates a stigma against disability and mental illness where you want to sue somebody and here's the thing about genetics it's not like a printer right you can't just say hey i want that type of baby here's a sperm donor and that's how exactly it's going to be you know a man produces millions of sperm um and it's just kind of like luck of the draw there are brilliant people that have come from less functional members of society and vice versa. You know, there are athletes that have come from people from parents that are not athletic and vice versa. All these various factors, DNA and genetics is a really, really intense deep field. So also now you are sort of creating a pseudoscience seeing that a sperm donor and a baby should be one to one. And so this whole sort of lawsuit is opening up so many sort of, you know, points of discussion um so i'm just like for me i like my hope is like i don't know who to side with i don't if i if i was a juror and i you know just paste whatever evidence i have in front of me which is not an insane amount i'm not sitting on the court case um you know it's it's i don't know where i'd rule because you know one one quote from this article is like you know um you know a baby it's not a product it's not a car it's not food but at the same time, choosing a person takes on a different feel when you're handed a catalog with hundreds of different de- detailed profiles of physical features and personality tests and meticulous descriptions of every blood relative. So, like, how could this, you know, that sort of ne- make you feel like you have oh. some control? So, yeah. So. I have hope. I have hope. Yeah. What do you got? First of all, I think I know who the donor is. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> you. I think it's Rohit. <laughs> I think it's and you, that, which immediately gives me hope because all these kids are going to be like funny and awesome but and I'm have really sued. cool beards. Because, because they're apparently not. These six-year-olds have no beards. You know, <laughs> they they don't they work don't. in advertising. Like, these six-year-olds are don't. useless right now. Um, um, they, well, here's the second piece of hope. I think it brings up a bigger topic. Um, and I actually think that the suit is... It, it, it shows, like, in life, I don't have kids, you don't have kids, but you never know what's going to happen, what kids you're going to get. And you also never know, like, how, what, it's the, the divorce rate is 50%. So a lot of times, mommy and daddy don't end up liking each other and they divorce. And so 
either mom or dad is shitty or both of them are. I don't know. So basically what this is, is they got out of a bad relationship. The relationship happened to be one that was just the person, but that person's not in their life anymore. And now raise your kid and let's see what happens. Uh, I really think that that's it. It's like, uh, okay, this didn't go as as planned, just like a lot of things in life and relationships and stuff don't go as planned. Um, most parents don't end up with, you know, kids as perfect as you, Rohit. So it's like, just, you know, some end up with people like me. So it's just like, uh, it's just kind of like, co -host. yeah, you're, yeah, exactly. So it's like, just, all right, you, this is the hand you were dealt. Just like everyone has a different hand that was dealt. It's a weird hand, but you have a kid care for the kid, love the kid and don't bring the kid into a court case. I think that's just stupid. Yeah. It just, it, it, it kind it, of to quote fearless leader, Donald Trump, it is what it is. And just enjoy you have your kid love your kid and be a great parent to your kid and just that's it to me i just don't i actually don't see the other way to look at it i i mean it sucks that that happened i guess but you have a kid now like that's your responsibility just like it sucks when people get divorced or i have a friend whose dad died when he was one like a lot of things suck but you have a kid raise the kid and exactly. be a good you know parent. how many people can't have children or they try to adopt and like you know the process is too crazy like how people would be good parents but aren't like and here you have the chance to have a child and to have someone to raise and love and yeah leave it at that so i think maybe yeah maybe it's this will bring some clarity into the 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 lives of the parents and the mothers that are suing and say you know listen i my kid it comes more than my anger at a sperm donor bank exactly um, so there we go. Like so, put things in perspective. Yeah. Um, so, so that's, that's nature right there. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, people, nature, making people nature. Uh, so speaking of nature and I think we can hope gong all we've been just bringing hope left and right. Hope gong left and right here. Gong. Uh, gong. Gong. Uh, so it's time for that segment called Rohit knows the O's. Uh, Rohit's team is the Orioles, as, as he's even talked about today. Uh, loves the Orioles. Actually knows the Orioles now <laughs> at the beginning of the season, not so much. Uh, and what I find fascinating is two things. One, as I'm sure you know, the Yankees are falling apart and the Orioles are like a game out of the playoffs. So yep. there is actual hope. This team is actually like some of these players are good. Like their prospects and the younger guys that came up, some of the pitchers, they're actually good. I have some on my fantasy team. Um, like these, none of these people we heard about before this year and they're good. Like the Orioles, they're not great, but they're good. They're a playoff contender and they're actually almost as good as the Yankees, which is, if you would have said that before the season, it's insane. So before I read world series championships. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. We have, we have 7 million. We have more world series championships than there have been seasons in baseball. Wait a second. Yeah. Yo, you know, we like, love the Yankees. Uh, so I'm guessing you're super excited about that. No, because here's the thing again, <laughs> I don't have hope. 
Like it doesn't come from sports for me because I've been hurt too many times, Aaron. Um, however, it's a, also, by the way, our team is now falling apart because everyone's getting injured. Anthony Santander's out for the season and he's a guy that had oh, like he is. 11, 12 home runs. And like, he was a revelation this year. Um, yeah, he's and good. And we have, yeah, we've had some of the other key players um, that are, you know, now having, they're starting to get a little bit of a little banged up. Um, yeah, we are, if we, you know, we are a game out of the playoffs. And again, I'm watching the box scores. I'm just like keeping track, but I'm not letting myself get excited because I know how this ends. <laughs> All right. Well, I have hope that they could make the playoffs, which is much more. And I also have hope that I am 100% sure I w- won the over under of the wins because I think they're close to it already. Aren't they almost at over yeah, 20 what, or whatever what? it was? They are over 20. Hold on. Uh, wait. Maybe almost up. at 20. Yeah, what did I say? I said they'd have less than 21, 22. Yeah, we're 20 and 23. Yeah, so they're going to hit the over. Um, yeah. Yeah. Unless they go Owen <laughs> the rest of the season, which won't happen. So, uh, yeah, so they're so they're having a better season than you expected. So that's a plus, uh, at least. Um, it is a, it's a better season than any Orioles fan had expected. Uh, people are probably watching the Orioles because they're actually watchable, which we will get to watching sports in a second. Um, the other thing I want to know is, did you hear about the Chris Davis tweet? I actually have not. I saw a link and I didn't want to, I didn't want to tap it because I didn't want to cheat. So there's great news for Chris Davis. For those who don't know who Chris Davis is, um, he signed a ma- you'll know the facts better than I, but he signed a massive deal with the Orioles after he had one probably steroid season or two, maybe two seasons. How many seasons did he have that was that he were had, good? He two? had a couple good seasons, like one over fifty home runs, but it all went downhill after he didn't submit to MLB his waiver for um, Adderall. Oh, he has a- he has ADD. He's he has like a severe case of ADHD. And what happened was because he didn't do file the paperwork and the time within 24 hours or whatever it was, he got suspended for taking his ADHD medicine, Adderall, which they didn't say as a performance enhancing drug. And then he like it threw off his, literally he's never been the same since Um, his confidence went. He just like, it was, it was a disaster. Um, Yeah. He's like the worst. I think he's basic. He's been considered the worst player in baseball. Um, like yeah. he it's better they play him because they can't not because of the money. But by the way, the Yankees and Orioles are right now tied at one in the first. So this is a big series. Um, yes. Uh, but yeah, he it was it's considered the worst contract ever because he got a what, 100 million, 200. I don't know. Some amazing, insane amount of money. 101 over seven years. 161 million dollars to be worse than like a double A player. But he has to play because of that. So are you ready for hope for Chris Davis for the, with this tweet? And I, I have to go on Twitter to read it. And it's funny because the number one trending thing is Ted Cruz has no balls. So that's just funny. Um, but that's off topic. Orioles fan problems, which I, I guess is a popular Orioles Twitter handle. Sounds about right. <laughs> and I think you should follow it because this popped up just in my baseball feed. Um, so this was a big tweet that got a lot of likes and shares. Um, it says worst contracts in the AL East ranked. So current players playing in the AL East and Chris Davis is now number two in, 
in terms of what they think about contracts, you know who number one is? Let me guess. Let me guess. Um, it's a new one. I'll give you that hint. Oh, it's a newly signed contract? Yes. Did David Price re-up recently? Is it that one? Nope. Okay. Am I in the right team? Uh, no, because he's on the Dodgers now. Oh, but right. Duff. I forgot he's not on the Sox anymore. Okay. I'll say this. It's, it's a player who's on that team that has 27,000 rings. Oh. Okay. And it's a new contract. New contract. Oh, is it Judge one. or Stanton? No. Is it... Nope. Who is it? Garrett Cole. Oh. <laughs> oh. How's this season been? I have not been. I don't have any of my teams, so I don't. My five my fans um, team, so I don't know. I apparently, um, apparently, until yesterday, it was bad. Like his ERA is like five something, and yes, yeah, so he's been bad. Um, which is uh, yeah, he shut out the Orioles yesterday, but until then. His ERA was bad. And what I think this gives hope for you is now Chris Davis isn't the worst. Um, now, Garrett Cole might get better, but apparently he's been a huge disappointment. And or if Orioles fan tweets says so, then I believe it to be so. Um, so with that, let, let's keep going. because So that's some sports nature there. Because it... Baseball takes place on grass. <laughs> um, so, so now can I get to uh, my my last topic? Yes. Um, because this made me furious, and it made me undo my uh, my inability to do um, political tweets immediately. Uh, and I'm gonna probably have to delete it. But yesterday, the NFL had its first game. Uh, before the game, both teams locked arms and had a moment of unity. And do you know what happened during this moment of unity, Rohit? Oh, a few things happened, but which one are you talking about specifically? There were, one, fans in the stands, which is just weird, and they were together, and it was definitely not totally socially distanced, and I think a lot of people in Kansas are going to get COVID now. But two, they booed. The fans booed. They booed the moment of unity with with the mainly you know football it's mainly african american players on the field and they booed them because they were having a moment of unity and i just found it disgusting i think it made me like just despise so much about the nfl the fans and how they look at these players as mere objects um in, especially in some places, to boo them for their unity because of what's happened in their lives, it absolutely disgusted me. And then I, I dove deeper because I want to find hope from you. Uh, I dove deeper. One thing I'm proud of is the Miami Dolphins are not going on the field for the uh, national anthem. Their own, The Dolphins owner, I'm a huge Dolphins fan, their owner is Stephen Ross, who's the biggest prick in the world. Uh, he's a giant, giant asshole. Um, and they're not going on the, uh, on the field for the national anthem, which I totally respect because if you don't feel you're, you're being represented by your country, you don't have to, uh, um, you don't have to say you're pleased with what the country is doing to you and your people. So 
I because that's free speech. So which I I know we both believe in wholeheartedly. Um, the only the other thing that I found interesting and it's just it's just sad is of the three biggest sports, um, baseball, basketball, and football. Um, basketball's ratings are in the toilet, as you probably know in in advertising. They're really bad. They're they've been down the last number of years, but they're like the worst. But they're down like twenty or thirty percent, which is strange because people have nothing else to do. And then two. Football, this the ratings for last night's game, which I believe is also politically charged, um, were down like twenty or thirty percent. Which I just thought, what? You have like the 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 Super Bowl champs playing, and the ratings are down thirty percent. Um, and the only sport where the ratings have skyrocketed, and apparently it's helped because of young kids and women, is baseball. Which I just find weird because so baseball's ratings are up, and the other two are way down, and baseball just hasn't been as politically charged of a sport. It's America's pastime. It's got people of every single type in it. Why? I mean, it's the most, it's the most, I think, diverse sport um, in terms of who plays in it. Uh, but yeah, they the ratings have gone up. So I just want hope because this, this action disgusted me. The fact that the, the lack of, it made me want to not watch the NFL actually. So, Be, but yeah, I mean, that's a tough one, Aaron. I mean, and then, Go ahead. No, just the and the ratings thing. Look, you know, we built we both love baseball, and I'm glad that it's doing well. But I also think it's a little disgusting that it's the only one doing well, and it's because it hasn't been uh, so politically charged. Even though baseball actually was the sport that like broke the color barrier that um, had Roberto Clemente Day. They just had that because you know uh, Puerto Ricans playing in the game. I mean, it you know they've inc- included all types of. It's been a very inclusive sport, but. For whatever reason, it just people are watching that, and uh, it's gone up, and the others have gone down. It's just it's weird. Yeah, and I know. We, um, I know why. It's because of politics. Yeah, and I know we talked about it in this past, but like you know, like I love baseball. Both you and I are big baseball fans, but like it's its impact is more in the past and, and in our history than it is in our present. And I think that's probably why it hasn't been getting a lot of pub- publicity. But I think what's going to happen with the NFL is one of two things: either they end up making way and sort of really being built around the viewers that and the players that want to see change or they end up caving to ratings and advertisers who do, who want to stay away from scary, you know, stuff. And it's going to go one of two ways. Soon enough, we will either have a progressive sport or we're going to have a sport that is just business as usual. Um, and I think the hope can come from the fact that never before has there ever been such a desire. Like does NFL double down on what it's trying to do for the players and then hope to bring in new fans or does NFL try and do something to retain its current fans? Um, I think it's an exciting time to sort of see what happens. And there's never been a time where, you know, like I said, there's never been such a spotlight on sports for a political movement in the last, I'd say, you know, 15, 20 years at least. So this is a this is this is the time everybody's watching what the NFL does, and if it does what I think is the right thing, what you probably think is the right thing, you know, like it's it's that's a huge huge moment. So let's just see yeah. if they say screw the ratings, we're doing what's right. Um, and either, and I think that what happens if they choose to do that, the fans that miss the game are going to come back because they can't get enough of football, and then maybe it'll help change their minds a little bit and change New America. That's my hope. 
All right, that gives me hope then. I hope so, because this was disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's time for... Hope in 60 Seconds. All right. There was a someone, I saw a tweet, um, and I just want hope from it. It was a tweet that got shared a lot, and I found uh, found it to be fascinating. Here's the tweet. Give me hope based on this tweet. Can we all agree that this experiment of having a dumb TV host and shady real estate developer with no government knowledge, five children from three marriages, six bankruptcies, 46 charges of sexual assault, and 3,800 lawsuits as president is not going well at all? That's the tweet. Give me hope. Well, I think the tweet in itself is hope. You know, it, it's it's when you have such comedy like that, that is just, you know, I mean, it's hope that at least he can say that and not get, you know, shot or stabbed for his opinion. Um, and yeah, man, it's it's at least everybody is recognizing this is a reality star in office. And this is not a real sort of compassionate thing politician so i don't right. know if that was i don't so, know if and I this, like that um no it's just putting it all in whatever 240 characters like that was just like whoa yeah. this guy sucks so so the next one all right is um actually was on uh liquid death water um their instagram account but they actually screenshot an npr article that says it was all about how plastic is actually not economically viable to recycle and it never has been the largest makers of plastics the giant oil and gas corps have known this all along even as they spent millions of dollars telling the american public the opposite if the public thinks that recycling is working then they're not going to be as concerned about the environment says larry thomas former president of the society of plastics so essentially the oil and gas companies are behind telling you to recycle because that means you'll buy more plastic as you think it's just going and to be taken care of. In reality, most of it's going to landfills is unable to be recycled. How do we find hope? Hope. One, I mean, this is so much about climate change and nature, and I am so for it. And I hope more of this keeps getting revealed. And as we get change in the uh, in in the country, I hope this becomes at the forefront. And I know it will be because in the new administration, they're going to make this problem number one. Yeah, I, I, ho- I really hope so. And... But what this does, you know, another thing is like, hopefully that people see this article. I'm glad that NPR is putting it out to the world. It was shocking. I had no idea. Um, And maybe this is also the beginning of the end for plastics, for single-use plastics. They are not needed. Outside of medical purposes, there should be no single-use plastics anywhere. And so I hope that maybe there's some companies out there that will start taking that initiative and just ban all plastics from their products. Um, Amen. And I think that would, would happen. That'll start to happen in a, uh, in a different uh, administration. Exactly. I believe so. Yeah, I think so too. And it's important in, in medical devices and communications, but single use plastics, your water bottles, your straws, all this bullshit forks and all that stuff that should go away forever. Um, all right. Next one. Go. All right. Ready? Um, schools opened and everyone is mad. So if you're, uh, you know, you know, anti-mask and think that everything should be open and that COVID's a hoax. You're mad because in some places schools are remote, so they're mad. And then place it people who are like terrified of schools, and then they're being for their kids are being forced to go to school are mad. And then also people I know especially are mad because they their kids can't go to school and they're stuck with their kids still, so they're mad too. Give me, give every parent hope. 
from of all kinds in 10 seconds. Ooh, well, yeah. I mean, if anything, if parents are stuck with their kids and they're learning from home, maybe it's a good chance to get the parents educated because there's a lot of dumb ones out there. <laughs> all right. That's perfect. And, that, and that's, by the way, that's why Rohit and I, we do not have kids is because we're, we're so smart <laughs> to not have them. I don't know. Yeah. Or, or, you know, I think I don't, I don't even know the point there. Yeah, We wouldn't be allowed to have children. To, we're too dumb. Yeah. We're too dumb. No, to we're kids. too dumb to have kids. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right, and the last hope in 60 and here we go. So apparently, uh, the California cougar slash mountain lion, um, the population has been decimated by hunting and loss of habitat in recent years. And now scientists have just found that they have actually been inbreeding dangerously to the point where they have like like crooked tails, um, deformities, and now it's actually then introducing inbred mountain lions into this already decimated population. And once that's introduced into the uh, DNA stream, it's disastrous. Um, biologists are trying to reintroduce more, but with global warming, with fires and everything, it's really hard. How do we find hope in this? Uh... <laughs> well, look, when I saw that you had written inbreeding cougars, I thought more along the lines of Alabama. Yeah. But uh, this is very sad. And what I think, again, is we need to raise awareness. And also, I just think hunting animals like that is stupid. It needs to stop. It's like we shouldn't be hunting animals that are getting endangered. It just shouldn't have. Like, I don't even get hunting, to be honest. Like, but for people who like to do it, you know, do skeet shooting and stuff. You don't need to kill mountain lions. Yeah, it's like it's like those people that like try to save elephants, the conservationists, but then they pay money to kill elephants. And then everybody argues, well, well, look at their money. It's keeping like, you know, they're putting money into like saving more. If they lose one, it's like, fuck you. It's like, hey, you know, I want to like, I want to support a poor community. So I'm going to donate money, but I get to kill one of the kids, one of the kids. Like, it's like, that is the exact same fucking mentality. And I know where I went off on a yeah. tangent about trophy hunting. Um, but with, yeah, I, I think with these, with these cougars in the ecosystem, I don't know, maybe there's the urban sprawl and, and we're, you know, the hab they're losing their habitats for many reasons, but maybe that this is a chance for us to sort of embrace nature a little bit more, give them safe habitats, learn how to live with them instead of just hunting them to near extinction and, and put and limits on hunting, put limits on hunting. Yeah. Um, so um, I think there's hope. I just think a lot of this, it's it's hope in uh, a brighter future and progress. And I think that all these things are, are giving us and nature awareness that we just, we need to progress and change with the times. Yeah. And I just, um, and I there's just climate like, change and we need to change. Absolutely. And I think you mentioned that topic really quick. I just, I just saw, um, there's actually, it looks like an artist, uh, there's an artist rendering. They might be planning a wildlife crossing over the 101 freeway in Agora Hills. Um, because lots of animals, they get killed while trying to cross that big highway. And so this is going to be like a natural grass crossing, like an overpass just for animals for them to get over. Safely. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So that's cool. So it looks like there is some hope. People are using their creativity to try and solve the problems that these animals are facing. So, And uh, so I think we brought some hope to, uh, to nature and climate. And we just have our final thing, which is uh, uh, submission. And... Uh, I'll, uh, I'll toss this to you, Rohit. Mark from New York City said, it's a very quick one. How do I get a job? Well, Mark, you kind of, you know, a lot of times it varies what kind of job, but the best I, advice I can give you, and this is kind of the way I hire people on my team, because, um, you know, there's a lot of different specialties. There's a million different jobs. 
whatever job you want to be doing, start doing that job before you even get paid for it. If you want to be a filmmaker, start making films. If you want to get into advertising, just start coming up with ads and start writing and start doing that. Pursue that passion. And just so you know, every single thing you'd ever want to learn about, there's people teaching for free on YouTube, right? My, my advice is do the job until somebody pays you to do it. And while you do that, you just get better and better and better. And it, it's and that'll open doors um, and then show people what you've been doing. Actually, that's what I've done in my career, too. Me, too. I did. I've just always made films and stuff. So uh, that's good advice, because I think right now the unemployment's at an all time high and it's a mess with, uh, you know, our economy. Everything's a mess. So I, I get what Mark is saying. And I think your answer is right. While you have this time and hopefully are getting unemployment of some kind and aren't on the streets, um, I hope. You know, and for those who are, I feel so bad. But it, what Rohit said is the best advice if you have the uh, time and ability to do it is do what you're good at until people pay you for it. Yeah, exactly. Boom. And it's like, you know, you could spend time, you know, on Reddit or Instagram, you know, just doing whatever kind of mess around. It's good. It's good to mix things up, play some video games, whatever. But set aside time every day. Treat it like a work day while you're looking for work. Do the work. And you'll be amazed. Do the work. You grow. Just do it. And someone will say, yo, I want to pay somebody to do that. He's already doing it. That's great. You know, so train yourself. And that's, and that'll, I think leads us right into just the, the, to end our show, the hopeful filled. Um, I think uh, one, one thing that we always were wondering about in this show is will sports come back? And I never thought I'd say this, but we have all four sports happening at the exact same time. And th- talk about something cool. Like, it's a weird time, but that's for sports lovers. Man, that's fulfilling. And uh, and the other piece is, uh, I'm not going to say who or what, but uh, there is a, a very good chance that we will have our biggest guest yet coming up in the next episode or two. And I can't wait to share that with you all. Well, so do you want to take us out, Rohit? Yeah, until then, yeah. you know, it's it's remember your human nature Remember, you know, who you are on the inside. And there is, as crazy as the world is, remember you are a wonderful, capable person. You can do the job that you want to do. You can be a positive change in the world for yourself, for animals, for your family. Take care of your babies. Take care of your loved ones. Stay hopeful. Stop suing people that were sperm donors. Um, And... Until then, you can find me. And write manifestos. Yes, write manifestos. Don't do gender reveals. Um, and until then, you can find me at vohit 4 Rohit with the number four on Twitter. And uh, I'm at the Aaron Wolf on social media. And also, you can follow, I think it's Tar Movie or Tar the Movie um, on all social medias. And go check out the trailer. It's on all the different sites now. And watch and share the trailer. Uh, so... And share it with all your friends and friends' friends and everything. And let us know what so you think until about it. Then, Maybe we'll we read are, your letter next week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you like it, we'll read all your comments. And if you don't, we won't. All right. So send us over. No, we'll take any comments. I'll, I'll share the hate ones, too. Yeah. So uh, with, uh, with that, uh, thank you for listening. Be kind to nature. All love. All logic. I'm Aaron. He's Rowett. We're out. Bye. When the world seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Ro.